Oi, you lot. You listen to Garage Hammer. Episode 209. On tonight's episode, after a long hiatus, Chris Yu will be back on today with the Fat Manly to talk about airbrushing. So shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage You Tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps, yes, just perhaps, have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you loneliness and airbrushes and an old friend. I am your host tonight, Dave White. And along with me is Lindsay, the albino Canadian hockey puck. Say hi, Lindsay. Now, it's not just me and Lindsay today. You don't have to tune out yet, because as you heard, Chris Yu is going to be back on the show after a long, long time, about two years. Um, he's coming back on to talk about airbrushes, because he was giving me some airbrushing lessons, because guess what? Nice blends with a brush are hard. Nice blends with an airbrush, not as hard. Although, not quite as exacting as, you know, I would like, but I only did it once, so I'm hoping practice makes perfect. But that's neither here nor there, because what's important now is that we talk about our Patreon sponsors and our other sponsors. First of all, our regular sponsors. Take a moment to thank Chaos Orc Superstore. Six Squared Studios, and Lindsay's Gamer Garrison, the people who think enough of this show to help keep the lights on in exchange for really bad commercials. Um, And then our Patreon sponsors, our associate producer, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. That's right, AJC. Don't forget about him. Uh, also our executive producer, Nick Nefpliotis. Thank you guys. And every single other one of you, almost 1% who make this show and everything we do possible. So please, if you haven't yet, uh, go to the Patreon page, check it out. Patreon.com slash garage hammer. I mean, honestly, if you had joined the ranks of the people who throw in a buck a show, then there's that just really... That's something that is so wonderful, and I can't thank you enough for any donation of any size. Anyone who thinks this show is actually worth some of your hard-earned cash, uh, thank you, because you're probably, that one opinion makes you just about as crazy as me. So, all right. Okay, Lindsay, I'm getting to it. By the way, folks, we have voicemail. Yes, that's right, Lindsay, we have voicemail, and I love getting voicemail. I love it, love it, love it. And our voicemail, if you don't know it, is 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's right, 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Yeah, so that's about it. Take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do a brief toolbox, and which will then lead us into this new and exciting world I entered the other day of airbrushing. We'll be back.
Super, super That's right, folks. Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Back to Garage Hammer. Back with the Toolbox brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. So. Alright, so Toolbox. Um. Uh, you know, this is, uh. This is decidedly less fun when you're by yourself talking about things you've been painting and stuff like that. It's more fun to talk with someone with you. So, um. Okay, so I've had a uh, hobby fail, I suppose, of uh last couple of weeks. Um, I was trying to crank out a new paint scheme and a new new basing thing for a whole army to go along with the Nagash that I painted because I like that model, and I wanted to take something to go with it. Uh, I had a lot of Brave Guard and Skeletons, and I was just trying to kind of throw some cool things together. I actually just ran out of time. I've I've never had that happen. Prepping an army for uh you know making sure an army's ready for a tournament and just having it not be even close to ready. So I had to switch over and and uh I had to go to Wapaka with my Stormcast because I didn't get it done. And that was a really weird feeling. Um I've never I've never just not gotten a Project done. So I was very down. Like once I real, I realized about a week before Wapak, it's like this is not this is not getting done. This is not happening. And once that happened, I pretty much just I packed it in. I got other things done that week. You know, I tried to keep going, but I tried to. Then when I had to switch over to the Stormcast, I still had to get a few things ready so that I would have them ready to go. But that was a weird feeling because I really got like. I was kind of on a hobby rush, like chugging along, and then I realized I bit off more than I can chew, and I went into this, like, and I was just like, eh. And, uh, I mean, going to Wapaka helped, and I apologize. Uh, yes, uh, through the magic of editing, I've been to and am back from Wapaka before the last segment, which was recorded before we went. But I was doing these things and getting ready, which is why I didn't finish the show. So I apologize for the show being late, by the way. But... Yeah, I've been uh, practicing dry brushing, and it's been, it's weird because I've been trying it again, and it just looks better. Like, I've been better than the last time when I tried to use it. So, I'm doing something right now, but it's not as yucky. Uh, I've thrown a few washes, it looks a little more blended. I'm kind of pleased with it, and it's a heck of a lot quicker than the other type of work that I've been doing, especially when there's like 100 skeletons or 30 grave guard or all this stuff that's got to be done. It's like, ugh, if I can find a quicker way find a quicker way so that's what i've been doing and i'm going to keep working on it now that pack is over uh get back to it um we'll talk about pack later uh on another episode that was a good time though and it does help sort of get your hobby you know uh, mojo going when you see all these really cool painted armies but 
I also got some other ideas from looking at other armies and things. Oh, I could probably do this and this and this. So that's what I'm doing right now. And that's kind of a long, drawn-out, not-that-exciting thing, but that's what I'm doing. Um, gaming, like I said, I went to Wapaka. I played um, this crazy multiple small unit Stormcast list with just lots of, I mean, uh, wasn't something I would normally take, but it's like what I had and didn't have to take moving trays if I kept the units that small. And I had a lot of fun with it. It was pretty cool. It, it, uh, it, I only went two and three, but all but one of them, I was in it right up until the last minute. So it's not optimal, but it could have gone three and two. I don't think it would have gone four and one necessarily, um, but it could have gone three and two. And it, I didn't have time to really tweak it and fire it up and plan it up. I did have a really good cheat sheet, though, because <laughs> I learned from last episode. If you can't memorize your stat lines, which I'm getting actually pretty close to with some of these guys, uh, have that cheat sheet ready with all the phases and all the things you need to do. And I did have that, and that worked well. It kept all the games going at a very steady clip. Um, I did want to say thank you to all the people that I played against um, real quick. Just because they all, I mean, I had a great time at every game this year, and that's that was a really cool thing. I had five really great games. I played against Dominic Reitman first round. Um, he actually grudged me, and uh, we were sharing a place up there at Wapaka. It was pretty cool. We had a really good time. Then I played Mike Caldwell from the Detroit uh, Club, and... Um, I fought against Nagash. I didn't win the scenario, but I killed Nagash, and so I win in general. Uh, I played Alex Langer and his uh, Deepkin, and um, I hadn't played against the Deepkin before, except we were in a scenario where he couldn't deep strike. So I didn't deep strike anybody, which I don't deep strike too many people in the first place, but apparently that's like kind of what his whole army was based around. So it didn't work for him, and uh, that kind of sucked for him, but that was a fun game as well. Day two... Um, I go up and I play Ryan Nickel, who uh, actually wound up taking the whole thing. I think for like the third time. Ryan Nichols won 30% of the Wapakas, if that's true. That's just bananas. But he was there with his corn demons again. Uh, that was a tight game. Uh, another game where I was chewing through models and not being able to get to the scenario points because I didn't have big enough units. Um, still weird, though. And then finally, I got to play Kevin Bruins, and I'd never played Kevin before. And he had this really cool, like, ultra day glow um, night haunt army. And it was a, a night haunt army, not not just a bunch of night haunt models in a Legion of Nagash army. And uh, I had a blast with that. I didn't have a chance. Uh, <laughs> uh, the scenario, the way it was set up, I had one move, and it was uh, drop in and get this charge. No matter what, because if you get this charge, you might have a chance to really turn the game in your direction. Otherwise, you'll never get it going in your direction. The best you can do is tie. Um, but, of course, if you fail, you might lose. So I said, you got to bet heavy to win heavy. And I went and did that. And um, I totally lost heavy. But I had a really fun time playing it, and that's what matters. So that was kind of quick sum up of Wapaka. Um, like I said, thanks to Raj and them for running it. Uh, it was so fun to see everybody there. I had a really good time. But uh, I'm just keeping it quick because I'm by myself. And you know what? This kind of sucks. Like I did the show solo before for a while, and I knew it wasn't great. Uh, then you go back and listen to it later, and I realized that all the episodes where I had no co-host, it was basically somewhere between uh, just okay and god-awful. And so I'm trying to avoid that. I had missed Alex. He's not – I mean, it's only been like one episode, and I had – 
Rob on the whole time. But like now I got Chris Hubert. I only got him for a segment because this other stuff is not. He's like, I got nothing for you. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I'm doing this myself again. And, and it's like, oh, it would be so nice to have a co-host uh, to bounce stuff off of. So, yeah, like I said, uh, hopefully he's going to come back, I think, in a two episodes. I think two episodes. He's coming back, but I'm not rushing him. There's no rush because he do, got a new baby. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So I'm just saying I kind of miss Alex. I wish he was here. <laughs> wow. And he's I can hear him right now. He's listening to the show. He's got the cranky old man eye roll going on just because I said that. And um, But that it's that, you know. You know why it's better when Alex is here? Because if Alex was here, I wouldn't. I, this thing that I'm on right here. I would have been done with like three minutes ago. He would have cut me off and been like, we need to move on. That's what a good co-host does, kind of keeps you focused um, and keeps things moving. And if it's like Alex, he actually knows how to play the game, which is awesome. Um, I got a little bit of extra in the toolbox, and then you know what I'm going to do is I'm just going to probably wind up jumping quickly uh, over to the main topic. It'll be a slower episode this episode, but... uh, I just got distracted, and I couldn't do a lot of cool things that I wanted to do, and it really, really messed me up. Um, like, this is the third time I'm recording this part because I keep messing it up because this this is actually pretty good compared to everything I deleted out. So, and I, yeah, okay. Um, what else? Well, I had those games and, uh, like I said, multiple Stormcast. Um, well, that uh, Uglu or Ugu... Um, Artifact, the sort of judgment or whatever it is, the, oh, that thing's brilliant. I love that. Uh, I had so much fun playing with the with that with the Stormcast and a little magic. Drop a comet, pick up a comet, drop a comet. Um, I didn't even need a lot of tips and tricks. I just went in and then, you know, did, did the thing. It was fun. It was a good time. I was excited. That was my gaming. Um, and then other, the only other I've got, and it's not even anything that's like legit something other, but. Uh, we, Christopher and I and Harrison, a little while back, uh, got another Garage Gamer in the can. There's a new After Eleanor also. Um, I need to finish editing, and we'll get the first half of the next book is coming out really shortly. Um, and I might even have been trying to set up new equipment um, with Brendan so I can start recording the next episodes, filming the next couple episodes of Garage Gamer TV. So I've been doing all of that stuff and uh, went to PACA. And um, that's like the toolbox right there. That's pretty much everything. Wow, what else? I can't think of anything. Like, I've just been... That's it. That's That's been my whole life for like the past week. So, after seeing the stuff at PACA and seeing what I learned with Chris Yu, I, I think I can... I think I'm going to jump back into this and start just doing a little bit of everything. Because I don't need to... I have enough to go to... Yeah, I have enough to go to Adepticon. With what I have here. So now I can just be painting for fun again. See? Pressure's off. And that's where it gets... That's where the hobby kicks back in and gets fun. Just do a little bit every day of whatever you feel like. Space Marines, Death, Stormcast, whatever you're doing. Keep plugging away at it. And so... Excellent. Now, see, look. I'm already feeling better. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to take a break then. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, the show's actually going to get good.
Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right. Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. Okay, and now enough from me, other things. So we're back now, and we're back with a longtime friend of the show. Uh, Hasn't been on in a while, but uh, has been on pretty much, almost more than anybody else, I think. Uh, Everyone, welcome back to the show, Chris Yu. Hello, hello. I'm back from the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Chilling at the beach down at Club Med. That's right. How you been? Oh, good. Good. How have you been? Uh, hanging in there, hanging in there, living life, uh, hobbying, and playing games, working, and what do you play? Stand out of trouble. These days, it's exclusively 40k, which I never thought I would say. That's but kind of awesome. I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. The, the three boys, uh, my three kids, they love it, uh, and we play it quite a bit, and That's we the, hobby you got all the time. Four together. people at that house, and three of them. You know, your kids, that's, you know, yep. they were drawn to the 40K. Well, then that's what we're going to play. If you're that that's interested exactly that right. you're going to play, I'll play that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's fun. Although, it's, man, it gets expensive. So if anyone wants to send donations my way, I'm accepting. <laughs> what armies do your sons play? <laughs> uh, between the four of us, we have Tau, Eldar, Orcs, Necron, Imperial Guard, or Astra Militarum, Space Marines, uh, what are those other guys? Tyranid. Wow. And so you, I think that's it. <laughs> I think uh, that is it. Maybe it I might be easier to ask which it. ones we don't play. Yeah, that's crazy. But, well, uh, yeah, yeah, no kidding. That gets expensive. you got like seven armies in the course of, what, th- two years? Something like that, yeah. You know, you report <laughs> card money, Christmas money, all that stuff goes towards that stuff. And then come Adepticon, they love rummaging through, uh, you know, the, the bit spins and that sort of stuff. So it becomes oh. like a family activity. Nice. Very oh, nice. How about yourself? Oh, I just been uh, getting ready for Wapaka. It's mm. in two days. So, how are we looking? Uh, it's forty hours. Yeah, <laughs> gotta put some base stuff on some of the bases, and I gotta yeah. finish the uh, three objective markers. And which, what are you taking? Stormcast Eternals. Yep. That. Yep. that okay. <laughs> that's the sad fact. Why is that sad? Because they're painted, I, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're painted. They're just it wasn't what I wanted to take, but I couldn't get that done. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just going to roll dice and have a good time. I was go. under no delusions of where I would place at Wapaka this year. So well, it's a, you know, play your games well, get good sportsmanship scores, and if you go well painted, fully painted, you should do all right. Yeah. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. <laughs> you could do it. 
Uh, since when did I become the realist on this show? That's what I want. Uh. <laughs> All right. So listen, um, I asked you to come on because uh, you have got some really nice armies going. And I'm looking. It's like, wow, Chris King really knows how to use this dry brush. Not dry brush. He knows how to use this airbrush. And mm. uh, I keep looking at your stuff going, you know, I have an airbrush. And I've never yeah. really, like, the only thing I've used it for hobby-wise because I've used airbrushes before for other not not doing tiny miniatures. Uh, the only thing I've used it for hobby wise is just basically priming and maybe like trying to do a zenithal shading with it. Mm-hmm. But like that's it. And even then, it was like a lot to set up and a lot to put together. And I was just yeah. like, God, this is like this is so much work for what it is. And yeah, it's right. great. It looks great. But I'm like, well, it feels like a ugh. I just kind of got. Like I'm like I'm kind of put gonna, off. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep learning brush techniques. I don't have all of these down yet. So right. well, I think if you get your routine with the airbrush down in terms of setup and everything, then it becomes second nature, and that barrier to entry for your hobby night or your hobby weekend, whatever it is, becomes much lower. Um, so what what made you decide? Hey, I'm gonna go out and get an airbrush. Like, do you recall what exactly yeah. was the the tipping well, point for you? Back in my high school days, I had an old, not an old, but a, a tester's brand airbrush that was powered not by a, a compressor, but by a can of propellant. You might have seen these on like a Hobby Lobby or whatever. I had one of those. Oh, did you? That was my so first almost. one, too. So you, did you get any use out of it? Yeah, like, I, well, I mean, but I did like, uh, we, we got it for a thing and I was doing like fabric painting mostly. Ah, uh, like, okay. Like, not like t-shirts at the mall, but I did some jacket work and some things like that. I did a lot of stencil work. Um, huh. but I was, I mean, yeah, I wasn't using it for anything for like miniatures. For, for modeling. Was, yeah. Right. Interesting. Well, I, I'd love to, maybe you can do some, uh, garage hammer jackets or something. <laughs> yeah. That's what we need. Some <laughs> cheesy, chunky, uh, eighties <laughs> freaking. I'm, talk, like, I'm thinking like Greece style, you know? Oh yeah. Okay. Some and anyway. jean jackets. <laughs> some jean jackets. Those can be rad, dude. <laughs> They're powered by rad. That's what makes the the right. that's what makes the the picture almost glow. It's there almost you go. supernatural. The power of well, rad. I um the, hell are we talking the model about? that I used it on first was a, a Star Wars Imperial shuttle. Oh, uh, you're talking back in high school. Yeah, back in high school. Yeah, so I used an airbrush because I. No I matter don't know how, which is torquier. I was what? doing like sh- I was doing like jackets and stuff. That's like almost worse than you know. I, I mean, that, that I an that imperial shuttle. Yeah, like, uh, I'm looking uh, at that going. If, well, you do. I'm like that was cool. You were using it for cool stuff. I was using it for no, weird lame I, I, stuff. No, no. If you, I think if you ask any woman of the time, hey, would you be interested in checking out airbrush jackets or a Star Wars imperial shuttle? Uh, I think I know which way they would go. Yeah. But I wouldn't be asking because I'd be with the guys hanging out with the Imperial shuttle. And then I'd be like, <laughs> I wish there were some girls here. Let's see. <laughs> right. It's like, you know. Well, if we get our airbrush technique down, then they'll be here. <laughs> First you get the airbrush games. Then that's you what, win your games. Right. Then you get, well, no, you get the garage. Gear. Then you get the ladies. You get the, yep. There you go. So all you single fellas out there, <laughs> you listen to the segment. This will help you. Uh, Just get an airbrush. It's going right. to turn your life around. Don't worry about working out or being well read. <laughs> airbrush your models if you're in good shape. Health concerns, smell so, concerns. Get that airbrush. So that's that's where it started, way back in high school. And that shuttle turned out great because no matter how much I tried with a brush, 
and how watered down my paints were or and how many coats you can never get like that smooth finish like uh, like uh, like on a car right you could never achieve that sort of smooth finish with a brush whereas with an airbrush you you kind of can it's a much more even coat you can get some good gradations um so fast forward to my my current phase of life where i'm doing gaming you know when we did fantasy i was all about the brushwork i just did not want to go into airbrush because same as you no you didn't uh, and that was the thing we would paint yeah. it was you were like ah ugh, uh and yeah, i'm like no, no airbrush for me and i, I just left mine put away <laughs> like yeah uh. <laughs> well because like you that i thought the setup time was too much <sighs> and there was the cleanup i just didn't want to fuss with it right because if you didn't do it, it right, you messed it up. And then it's like you're buying parts and trying to figure out how to – I was just like, Meh. Yeah. The learning curve, I mean, it is admittedly steep. And it is one of those things where if you know someone locally that has one, it, it's nice to kind of look over their shoulder as they go through the paces. Or I suppose you could do a YouTube search as well and, and do the same. Um, so, yeah, after my fantasy days, uh, I switched to Infinity, as, as you know. And I thought, well, okay – I, I, I'm trying to achieve a clean, futuristic look between the models and the terrain. Let's tr- let's try this airbrush thing and see where where it goes. So that's that's really where it started, and it's it's carried over. And now that I'm I'm kind of playing Infinity, really not not at all these days, and on to 40k. Well, that's okay. Uh, airbrush, yeah, go GW. Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the airbrush has uh, remained a constant. And for when you have multiple armies and a lot of kids with multiple armies the airbrush is a godsend because painting things base coating things is just so much faster yeah i saw some of the things you were doing at your at your house the other day when you were showing me this stuff and even the small scale stuff like mm. wow you could i can see how this if you once if you especially if you had a, a bit of an assembly line thing going on with a couple of yeah i'm like you could really get and you can get a lot of done it seemingly quickly if you once you if you can, if you can yeah get it the, takes the a little down. a little forethought and planning i think oftentimes if you're going to leverage the airbrush you have to kind of paint and assemble in in sub assemblies like for larger vehicles maybe some some fantasy monsters uh because i think what was that one model that you had that got the wings oh the morgast yeah that thing's not yeah. going to work yeah that's a perfect example of uh, assembling the body but not attaching the wings, airbrushing the wings separately, and then pa- and then assembling it once they're all painted. Right. So it, it takes it does take some forethought. Uh, right now, my basement is this huge assembly line with models in various states of completion all over the place. So it's you know, kind of glorious. This, actually, I was. Thanks. wife was like, "Wow," because you went from you had a little like you had a like a hobby building painting area, a small one, and a couple of tables set up and then everything in cases. Now it looks like there's one table might be for gaming. The other one has definitely got all sorts of projects all over it. Then around the corner there's the projects, and then there's the airbrush table, and I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Uh, it's a mess. It's it's controlled chaos down there. Then the kids, you know, they set up a play game or just like to set things up to just to play, not even roll dice. But, yeah, some models are all over the place. It's wonderful. So, but, yeah. so you go out and you decide you get your airbrush. So, now, before we get into all the airbrushy talk, mm-hmm. um, let's say now. I mean, I've got an air. I think I've got a decent tank, and I've got 
Uh, I've got at least one nice airbrush. I think I have two, like, down here. Mm. Like, <laughs> I got a really good deal from Badger. Nice. Uh, and uh, it's like, oh, okay, so good, you know. Um, but so I've got these, but like I said, I've only really used them for uh, priming, and that seems almost like a waste. But so you get someone who's like, look, I'm interested. What what do I need to get into this? Because this seems like the entry, you know, even mm-hmm. for our hobby, which, you know, you, you know, the stuff's not cheap. But then if you're going in, you you know, painting, you know, brushes and paint is going to be way cheaper than mm-hmm. buying yourself an airbrush. If you're taking this dive, this is a this is a commitment. What do I need to go out and buy? Like, what do I need for starters? Now, I know I don't need the top of the line airbrush, but I'm going to need an airbrush. Right. What else do I need? Well, okay. So aside from your airbrush and your compressor, which, right. you know, are obvious, uh, you're going to need some good cleaning tools. Uh, cleaning your airbrush at the end of every session is vital. So there's a variety of different tools that you can get from brushes to small, like needlepoint sort of cleaners to, to clean out your nozzle, uh, those sorts of things. Don't make the mistake of leaving your airbrush with paint in it overnight or over several weeks thinking you'll get, you'll clean it later before your next session. Cause I did that mistake because it takes forever to clean that thing. So oh, yeah, don't, getting dried don't do paint that. up is terrible. Oh, it's awful. It took me days to get that thing back into working order. Ugh. Um, other than that, uh, a lot of water uh, in the form of a squeeze bottle, uh, uh, a, a big jar of water to use as sort of your cleaning area to clean out your airbrush. Uh, I have a big glass jar, but you might want to go with a plastic one because, as I told you. Now, how big of a jar would you say that is? I mean, that's like a half gallon, but it's like a wide Right, jug. yeah, wide mouth, not uh, a tall jar. one, but wider, so you can you got you, right because you kind of dip the whole whole airbrush in there, like you're washing, you know, like you're sticking, yep. dink, dunking it under and shuffling it around, wash it, yeah, you know. yeah. Oh, it really as uh, submerge it to uh, to get the paint out. I know some people between sessions will actually leave their airbrush completely submerged in water, um, and I did that for a little while. Uh, and I, I think you can do that, but I'm not quite sure if that affects like the the, the bushings and the seals that are made out of rubber. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. That, that's kind of a personal call, but uh, yeah, plenty of water, plenty of light, of course. Um, I have a mask which I use on occasion. Uh, I don't use it all the time, uh, and I don't know if you use a mask when you airbrush, but I, I know some people, a lot of people out there, don't. I have paper masks, and I bought a fancier mask. But I like to say I don't really airbrush that much. When I'm airbrushing, I'm usually doing it outside in the garage. Like, it's nice out, oh, and I, I pull see. all the cars right. out, and I got enough room. I've got the cardboard on the, against the wall anyway, and I'm just sitting there. Just start. It's nice. It's warm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in the garage. You're not really getting too much of a breeze, but it's nice. Then, boom, 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 I can right. sit and airbrush out there. So I'm outside. I, I think the key is if you mix your paints, if you thin them with uh, isopropyl alcohol, it's probably a good idea to use that mask. I don't. I use just straight uh, distilled water. So that might be the difference there. I don't know. So something to keep in mind. If you get sick and your schnoz coming out in Technicolor or you're hacking up weird colors, <laughs> then you know. Right. All right, listen. Well, I'm we'll all much. of your models. Don't waste that paint. You can get some good effects. Well, it's water-based, so maybe it's not that bad on your lungs. It's like inhaling vapor, yeah. maybe. You're like paint vaping as you're airbrushing. That's right. right. It's good to know, Chris. 
Yeah, well, you could be uh, if you get a runny nose and it's with uh, maybe we we'll put a drop of essential oils in there, get a nice smell coming come. in, and then that's the uh, that's you know it's a, it helps the viscosity. I have no idea what I'm oh, talking about. The <laughs> See, there you go. Uh, the other thing that you might want to get, and I know you have one, is um, a ventilation booth or box. Yes, I did buy one, and that's that's actually How much after, did that uh, I think it was like seventy bucks. That's not bad. No, and it's kind of it's it's decent sized. It's like I think eighteen inches high and two feet wide, and and about eighteen inches deep. So it's enough to get in there, and turn it on and work, and have the fan take everything out. Um, that's in fact after Wapaka. Well, that's the plan. Is I'm told Harrison. I said I'm going to come down here one weekend. You're going to help me lug all this crap out. We're just going to dump everything out of here that we're not using, and then. Uh, Set up the airbrush station. Yeah, I'm going to set it up on the desk over there. I'll put the plastic okay. down. I'm going to set it up, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to try to get it running because I think it would be cool. Have you used that inside inside your finished basement? No, because I'm more. I, I'm curious as to how effective it will be in terms of containing the the airbrush sort of overspray. I would imagine it would be. Uh, well, and I think if it you're is, spraying I think inside I the box. And the vent, yeah, but it the kind air of is it, sucking sometimes the air in that direction. Yeah. It could if you if you have a, a a lot of if you're airbrushing something large you could have a lot of over overspray sort of permeating oh, everywhere yeah I see which then it will settle when you're done it's just stuff that you don't know it's there until you know if you move move a piece of furniture then you can see the outline you know what I mean of where the paint stops right you just don't know it's there until you until your wife moves something and sees it <laughs> well and that's why we're going to clean up down here I'm going to put some plastic down we're going to see how it looks because. This is the mm-hmm. only place I've got to do this, especially right. in the winter. And if I can only do this in the summer, that's really going to be lame. But we'll figure yep. that out later. But I do have the box, and I'm going. That's the whole plan. It's it's got the little vent tube. I can run that off to the side. Zoop zoop zoop. Right. And we're not getting that everywhere. Two. Uh, well, actually, three more things that I think are are important in your setup. Okay. Uh, one is one is to have an old brush lying around. Uh, I use it to clean out the reservoir of the paintbrush itself to get the water and paint uh, out of there. Uh, you know, an old an old brush that you're no longer um, using. Uh, another thing is a lot of Dixie cups for mixing paint. And then uh, there's the third one. What was it? Was that that Badger oh. air paint, the little paint mixer thing? Oh, the mixer. Yes, that's exactly what it was. So that this is on a recommendation from um, the Skull Bros. And uh, they they use a, a paint mixer. It's powered by a AA battery. And once you have your paint in your Dixie cup, then you just agitate it with this mixer. Um, it, I think it costs like ten bucks on Amazon or something. But uh, you get a nice even mix, and then you can pour that into your your brush and and, and go. Very nice. So those are the essentials. Um, everyone will find you know a different combination of things. I'm sure different tools that they're comfortable with. And uh, then you'll be ready to go. So, what is what do you do? What would you say? Uh, and I want to talk about the different things that you can do with the airbrush outside of priming mm. and a little bit of xenothal shading that you show me. We'll talk about that a bit, but I mean, outside of that type of stuff, um, I want to talk about what are what are some of the things you use the airbrush for. Mm. Um, but before that, uh, I like, I'm curious. What do you think? the biggest benefit is what do you think? Cause I mean, I, I'm, I'm just starting. I mean, you were showing me how to do it the other day and it was really cool. <laughs> and I was having a great time playing around with those few things you were showing me, 
But as someone who's been using it a while, what what is like the biggest benefit? Biggest benefit? Uh, that's a tough one. Uh, I would say even coats okay. and the speed. Those two things combined, as we talked about, uh, make the airbrush an indispensable tool. It it won't be your only tool. You know, I still ink wash, I still dry brush, uh, you know, edge highlight, all that stuff. But if you add the airbrush to your arsenal, you know, it makes everything go faster, and I, it opens up the the playbook, so to speak, in terms of what kind of effects you can achieve. Okay. Uh, so- but I, one word of advice I would say is. Did you ever see that movie, The Professional? I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leon's um, advice to Matilda was: the closer you can get, you get to being a pro, the closer you can get to the client. You remember that part? Right. It's the same with the airbrush. So start big. In other words, you know, you're priming your base coats, vehicles, monsters. Uh, start there, and the more comfortable you get with your process and the tool itself, the closer and you can get, you can start to get more daring with highlights. Uh, you can move into your infantry models, do your shoulder pads, your chest plates. Uh, once you get comfortable with that, then you can move into weapons, even um, object source highlighting, which, believe it or not, you can achieve that almost accidentally. It's, it's so easy. <laughs> as long as you, you pick through your right color and you think about where the light's coming from, um, you can move down to that point. And then getting you know good highlight effects on things like energy weapons or ethereal sort of elements, uh, that sort of thing. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. I, I, I don't profess to be any sort of expert in terms of airbrush stuff. I, I, I feel like I'm comfortable with the tool set and I can get where I need to go. Uh, I don't think it will propel me to you know golden demon or anything like that. i have no illusions of that but i i feel like it gets me to a very solid to strong tabletop type standard okay okay because that's what i, I that's one thing i keep hearing is it's going to save you time it's not going to necessarily make you a better painter it'll make things you can make things cleaner it can add it can add to the things you can already do but i the don't big know benefit, I, I think it I can speed if, speed for sure i think it can make you a better painter um, you know, there's this, that, that, that stigma like, oh, airbrush isn't real uh, painting or, or whatever. Uh, I don't agree with that. Oh, neither do I. Uh, I, I, I haven't heard it, that either, but. I, I've heard that. Uh, I don't know where. I, I read that somewhere. I, I, I didn't quite agree well, with that. I mean, it's kind of like you, I think what it is is when people, well, it's like you can tell when something's airbrushed kind of. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it right. that even people who do really good shading and blending. Like when you look at airbrush, that sort of, you know, shading or blending, it just looks a little different. You know yeah, what I'm saying? And so I think it sticks sure, out to so people sure. looking at, oh, you airbrush that, you know? That's okay. It, I think it just depends on what you're trying to get out of your hobby. Do you want to show that you could wet blend something, you know, these tones by brush and spend five hours just highlighting the foot? I, I can totally respect that, and if you can pull it off, then more more power to you. I'm certainly not going to deride anyone of that sort of dedication. Nope. But for for my purposes, where I'm trying to churn out you know so many ar- uh, models for an army, or my kids are doing the same thing, and we're you know we have two weeks to do it, uh, that that this this tool fits that space nicely for us. That's pretty cool because that's actually. 
I think that's kind of where I'm getting to at this point. It's like, I want to get these armies done so that I can play with them. That's right. And that they can look good and I can change between things. I don't have to stick with a list. I got a few more things in here that I've, it's like, I've got enough done here. So I'm going to other things. Like if I could just pick up the pace on this a little bit, I think it will help you Uh, guys. I think it will help you back, you know, back uh, so many years ago when I was playing fantasy orcs and I was painting 50 savage orcs in a unit. Yeah. In a big horde. If I had an airbrush back then, oh, I would have been done. It would have taken a taken a fraction of the time, and that that would have been a trade off. I'd be more than happy to to have made, you know. Yeah, because I can see, and we'll talk about this um, in a couple of minutes. But uh, just when we were, even when we were using it, I'm like, you know, I could see in the beginning not it not being that much uh, faster. But mm-hmm. when I start to look at the stuff when I'm really trying to do blending like that, right? Because I'm not good at it. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, I, uh, like I'm not as quick as as you with the airbrush, but with me wet blending with the brushes and and getting that yeah. transition, I was like, oh, I don't have it. Um, but I was doing that stuff just the other day, I'm like, oh, this kind of works, and I kind of. I'm seeing how this is working. I'm liking it. I, I, I could see it. I could literally see the light bulb go off when I gave the airbrush to you, and you were airbrushing a, a space marine. Yeah, and you had the the blending down. Uh, we were highlighting from like a dark base blue up to a, a lighter mid range blue, and I could see that you're getting the highlights down really well, and it looked great. Well, thanks. But what I think is cool is that is I I can like, I guess part of it is. I remember when I first started seeing people doing a lot of airbrush work and I'd look at it and I'd see how really cool it looked and they got all this technique there. And I'm just picturing people using airbrush from like start to finish. And I know there's people who can do that. I don't even like see how that's possible. Although I'm going, wow, that is so directed and so sharp and so, and I'm just thinking if I could get those coats down and then the second, like the highlights down with some nice highlights, drop a wash in there, even by hand, drop a wash in there. Yep. Once that's cool, go in and touch those spots up that we want to keep up highlight. I'm like, wow, I could, I could really get stuff done to a to to a to a to a standard that I like, and then I could go in with a brush, and then I'm like, oh, then you can go in with the brush and with the decals, yeah. and so it's like, I know there's people who can do it all. That's not even my hope right now. My hope is just to be able to get through the 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 parts you have to slog through, no matter what right. you're so, doing, you know. So when you say that, the person that comes to mind to me is Rotor with his uh, Tau army and the crazy camouflage that he did, which I think he did all with airbrush and stencils, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's true. Yeah, that's that's like next level stuff. That And I'm, I'm not quite there yet. I'm content with base coats, a couple highlights here or there, energy weapons, um, and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. So his his is, is definitely next level. and. I'm not quite ready for that. So if you if you want to finish your armies, get them good to a good standard, maybe turn some heads at a local tournament, then for sure, airbrush is a good spot. So, okay, so before, or not before, um, so outside, like you said, outside of the of the basics. So we we've got down. So let's see, we've got the priming, zenithal shading. Um, you've got some base coating, you're using it for directed highlighting. Um, is there anything else I can think of that you, that you use it for? I mean, I don't know how detailed you get. I don't know what other things you use it for so that we can talk about 
you know those as well. Those applications, sure. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I'm just about ready for is is the more extensive use of stencils. There was that one airbrush stencil that you saw in my house that was all um, hexagons. Like, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, hexagons are futuristic. I was going to use those for uh, my Infinity buildings back when I played, but uh, since I don't play anymore, it's just kind of fallen by the wayside. So I'd like to use something like that for both my Orcs and Eldar in 40K um, in the form of the, the checkered dags for Orcs. I, I know I, there's a vendor at Adepticon that had them, and I may order those online. But so that's the next step for me is to start experimenting with those. Get a nice, consistent checkerboard pattern across a whole army of orcs, I think would, would look really sharp. Because, you know, when you're painting checkerboard by hand, oh, it's yeah. hard enough getting them straight. But to have them all be the same size. Although, in actual fact, I don't know if orcs would make them all the same size. Uh, I don't know. That's that's discussion for another time. But um, Oh, wow. Now I, <laughs> I was about to say, well, yeah. They, well, no, do they? Would they? I, don't, I, think I, don't for, know. I think for painting's sake, aesthetically, it's pleasing mm-hmm. to just see them all be a nice lineup. Same size. You yep, know what I'm saying? I agree. Even if the orcs might not, like for the right. model, you know, right. it's just showing off. It's a tech. I got the technique. Look, I got the perfect lines down. I can just picture you, though, in a couple months. I come down there. You got the model sitting in a little, like one of those GW uh, big paint handles with the holders. Uh, and the right. holder thing sitting it there, and you got the airbrush one in the stencil. You're kind of holding it up. Yeah. Like okay, then you That's go it. flip to the other one because you got two going now because this is the future and you're really hap- happening and styling. Right. So <laughs> you got two colors going at once because you're jumping back. Then you grab the other, flip the stencil over, other color. You're like, yeah, that's done. You put yep. that aside and just going back and forth like that. I'm I could see that yep. happening. I'm buying what you're selling. <laughs> Oh, so stencils and patterns so, and and the and the 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 sword. You did the sword the other day when I was over there. Yep. Um, and you <laughs> you can go the two sides. You can go the one side. One side's easier. I like this one. And now watch this. And yeah, like, it's it's amazingly simple, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like uh, so it's like I'm just I'm kind of excited about this, even though I won't be able to do it for like another week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just excited about seeing what they could do. It's, I think really it's been just the cleanup and the setup that's been daunting. But if you can set a spot for it, or at least a small spot where you can have all that stuff stored in one place, one location. Yeah. Because then afterwards, and and you know, oh, you know what? We should probably take a break because I actually I don't even want to get to afterwards right yet. I want to talk a little bit about some of the actual painting things we did. And some of that stuff. And, Let, and let's, do that, that I also, yeah. let's do that because I also want to ask you, now that you've seen it, uh, what are your hopes and fears when it comes to, okay, you're going to start airbrushing now. So we should hit that as well. Oh, that's – oh, yeah. I'm going to have to think about an answer over the break. Mm-hmm. So, uh, folks, we'll be right back. And then when we come back, uh, Chris and I will finish talking about the airbrush and probably wrap up the show. So we'll be back. Okay, listeners, what's the number one rule of hobby gaming? Okay, well, the number one rule of hobby gaming is don't buy more models than you can paint, but we all break that rule constantly. So what's the real number one rule of hobby gaming? 
support your friendly local gaming store. And my friendly local gaming store is Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. No, not that Wakanda. And no, not that Lindsay. So why Lindsay's Gamer Garrison? What do they have to offer? First, they carry everything Games Workshop. 40K, AOS, Blood Bowl, Necromunda, Kill Team, all the paint line. They even have Black Library books. They offer special discounts every day. And if you do go in there and there's something out of stock, special order discounts that you won't believe. After you buy all your models, feel free to stay and paint them at their fully stocked, totally free to use painting station. And then, once your army's ready, sign up for one of Lindsay's monthly tournaments. That's right, they have a local one-day event every single month, alternating between 40K and AOS. And that's still not all. Monday is Build and Paint Day. Come in on Monday, work on your latest project, you get a raffle ticket. Come in and play Warhammer on Saturday, get a raffle ticket. Now, what's the raffle? Every month, two winners receive a $50 gift card to use on GW products just for coming in and playing and painting and being part of the community. And that's not even all you get for coming in and being a part of the community. Come in for that Saturday gaming where you get a raffle ticket. You also earn a Lindsay's Gamer Token. And when you have eight tokens, you can turn them in and get free entry into one of the tournaments that I just mentioned earlier. And that's why I love Lindsay's Gamer Garrison. Fully stocked with all the GW product you could want, and they're doing their best to reward you for being part of the gaming community. What more could you ask for? A place to play, a place to build, a place to paint, a place to hang out, and a place that rewards you for being there. Folks, if you're looking for one place that will satisfy all your hobby needs, you have to come and see Lindsay's Gamer Garrison in Wakanda, Illinois. Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. Going right back to Airbrush Talk with your host, David Whitehuck. <laughs> and our very special guest, Chris Yu. So, um, we were... Okay, first of all, you, you very good teacher, very patient. Hmm. You know, you were very nice. You showed me, Thank you, you talked me through uh, step by from step. from a teacher, that's high praise. Well, you, you talked me through every step, you know what I'm saying? Even mm-hmm. when you were showing me what you were doing, you were explaining what you were doing and why you were doing it, and you were ready with answers when I had questions. So I was like, okay, this is cool. But um, it was kind of neat to just see how you're just like, you know, once you get your base down, I was like, I just lighten these spots up. And I'm like, what is he doing? And then I realized as you're just lightening these spots up that you're, just oh, put, the highlighting portion. Yeah, so when you put the regular yeah. regular coat on, you're going to get some of that uh, that change, that transition in color. I'm like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, it takes a few minutes, a few, a few seconds for you to see the effect, uh, and I could sense you were kind of like, okay, I don't really know what's going on here, but I'll just sit and kind of let it happen. But yeah. I figure once the highlights took hold, then then it became apparent. Yeah, I was we watching doing. that, and that was that was, and I brought a few things over, just kind of showed you what I had been doing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had that mm-hmm. one more guest, and it was just all in black primer. So I'm like, let's you're like, here, I'll give you a big thing of white. You just sit there and let's get that shading in, and just kind of get a feel for it. I'm like, oh, right, this is- it, yeah, it's 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 a matter of comfort. I noticed. I think when you were holding it, uh, you were you were using a thumb to depress the the trigger. 
No. Is that right? Or are you using your, your index no, finger? I was using my index finger. Okay. I, I sometimes go back and forth. I'm typically index, but I've done the thumb before too. So whatever's the most comfortable for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was that was, uh, that was was pretty good. And then when you went in with the stuff that and I had uh, – I had a couple of Space Marines that were already primed, mm-hmm. McCrag Blue, and they'd had gotten at least a wash, maybe a little bit of uh, a dry brush on it, highlights, yep. but not much. It was mostly just the base coat and the wash. Yeah, I think if, if for that session that we did, I, th- I felt like that model was the most impactful for you because I think it showed, even though it was a subtle change, it showed you how much highlighting you could do in a quick amount of time. Yeah, it was neat um, because... You know, I, I realized a couple things. Like, you, you you can't judge exactly where that paint is. You know, like, when we were sitting there holding, I'm like, oh, it's hitting a little lower than I was expecting it to hit. Right. Yep. Okay. And so we were adjusting for that. And it's, and it's like, okay, just pull it back just a little bit. And we're pulling it yep. back a little. Nothing's coming. Nothing's coming. It's like, okay, hold off. Pull up. Spray it on your hand. Make sure it's not a clog. Okay. Go on. And then we're getting it. You just see, and then you start to see that lighten up happen. And... Actually, when it starts to lighten up, then I'm, I'm you know, like, okay, now ease up on some of the paint. So I'm easing up on the right. paint. So as I'm backing off of it, it's it's getting that just lighter. And then you start turning around like, oh, man, this is this is really sharp. This is like everything I've yeah. been trying to do with a brush and failing miserably. <laughs> right. And it would take a long time, I think, even if once you achieve that with a brush. So, uh, yeah, it was good to see. I You know, watching you do it and seeing that light bulb come on was uh was a good thing to see. But I wanted to ask you, now that you've had some familiarity and some comfort with the airbrush and applying it to your own model collection, I mean, I don't really, really know what uh, exactly you're working on or what your current situation is, but what um, are you expecting to do in the short term? And what? So let's start there. What are you expecting to do in the short term? How can you apply what you've learned? Um, well... I'm working on a couple different armies, and I see I'm I'm already kind of deep into them, so that's where I'm like I'm not exactly certain how I'm going to use it in the thing I'm doing right now, you know, just because I'm and I and I'm I'm certain I will get into that, but it's like I also want the army to have some consistency, <laughs> right? And I'm afraid to go into the last quarter of it, you know, and just start. Oh, look, here's what I'm doing now. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, oh, but, it sounds like you may be starting a new army. Is that what I'm hearing? No, get out of here. <laughs> I've still got Space Marine stuff I haven't finished, and I will definitely be using it on that and on the vehicles and stuff mm-hmm. to get some of that light in there on the vehicles, get through with that. Um, what I'm actually interested in doing it in is I've got the uh, in the Death Army, I've got some of that Night Haunt stuff, which is a lot of the ethereal and the ghost and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking that going in from that green, transitioning off to that white on the edge is going to be way easier um, it could be those models. Um, are they? Do they assemble from two pieces, two halves? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I would have to do that. I'd I'd probably get the green done, the green and the white, and then I'd go in and uh, hand do the, like obviously the cowls oh, okay, and right. stuff, the non-ethereal type stuff. Yeah. Right. But that's okay. that's basically where I'm hoping to, to use it, and maybe on like their their swords and stuff like that. That stuff you showed me with the swords, yeah, I thought would be really cool because I want to try to mimic um, the sword that Nagash has, which is which is the black with that just green edging and the highlighting. And I think if I can do something with yeah. that, something a, a big model like Nagash that has a lot of ethereal stuff going on would be great for for airbrush. Oh yeah, and um, speaking of which, mm. um. The Celestin Prime, all the swirlies around him, I've never, ever gotten those 
like the little comments and stuff that are coming off. Mm-hmm. I never mm-hmm. got those quite done because I couldn't get the transition, so it's a solid color. Okay. Maybe going in on that, just seeing if I can lighten that up and make that look a little nicer at the bottom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, one thing that is important once you get to that uh, level of comfort and you are painting, mm-hmm. I think the most important decisions that you'll have to make are which paints, which colors go with what. You know what I mean? That's You'll have to do a lot of trial and error, some experimentation to find what colors uh, work best for you in terms of gradations and highlights and that sort of thing. Right. I, uh, hmm. I haven't thought about that, but. Well, uh, you'll, you'll, that's, that's a natural evolution, you know, and I, I'm sure you have a big paint collection as it is. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it ain't bad. Yeah. But, um, I'm, yeah. And like so, I said, I hear you and Rode are doing that all the time. I'm trying this paint scheme. This color isn't working. And it's like, you've got this. Yeah. Um, range and yeah you guys are always talking about your colors i'm just like i just followed the video (laughs) in terms of your fears do you have any do you have any apprehension or anything that makes you nervous no no i don't think so um you know what it is i think especially when you don't use an airbrush and you see all the cool things people can do and sometimes you watch those videos and those guys are going down to those super minute details and i'm just watching that and i'm just like this is this is like evil sorcery magic here. This is <laughs> evil science it. magic. Let's yeah. burn it. Well, I mean, because I'm like, wow, that's just bananas. And like, I'm looking at it, and, and you do, you sort of picture some guy. It's like, you know, the forbidden lore. He knows it, and he's out there and doing the little okay. spray. And, and then, and seriously, you see some of these at the end, and they're like, wow. Like, and they're getting every little part in there, and they're doing all these detail work. Super fine. You're like, wow, that's so cool. And then they then they come in with a little piece of cardboard on the side. And they're like, oh look, I made a nice little hard edge there. And I'm, you know, right, right. and you're you just know like, what? It, it's it's a lot like um, Photoshop. I don't know if you've done a lot of any work on in Photoshop. No, that's another thing like I'm afraid of. Tool. Is it? Yeah. No, I, that's that's something I'd be happy to sit down with you and teach you as well because I do Photoshop almost eight hours a day. Exactly. So that's what you that when we did the show, Chris, you got to get the images put together. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, no uh, problem. Whip, 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 whip. I was like, oh, good, because that would take me forever. Spe- speaking of work, I'll, I'll just do a quick shout out to some of my coworkers who may be listening to this show. Uh, Get out, really? Yeah, yeah. Ray, Arnell, JV, and Mayfield. I, you know, they got wind of the fact that I had been and might be on a podcast. So they're uh, looking forward to listening to oh, it one day. Well, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, you for go. listening. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh. But yeah, it's very much like those Photoshop tools, like the airbrush tool, et cetera. The, the concept of masking and everything is, is very much the same. You just, you're just applying it to a three-dimensional object instead of a two-dimensional digital picture. Yeah, it was just, like I said, when it when I started getting that paint on them and it started to work, I'm like, oh, this, what, this is dumb. Like, I really, this is like cheating. <laughs> yeah, so you got, you got excited. So I'm excited to see, I'm excited for you to see what you do with it going forward. Oh yeah, well I'm gonna. I, I tell you what, I'm gonna be working with it. I'm gonna definitely be giving it a try. I'm clearing a space for it, um, and hopefully, and you know, it's. I'm not hoping for this to like get through my little hobby funk I hit this last week, because uh, that's really not what it's about. It's not about getting some new fancy toy, um, and playing with it. I'm just. It's something that I'm feeling actually excited about trying at least. So I know I'll be yeah. sitting down here and playing with it and painting and doing some work on something. Sure. Because 
Yeah, I, I I just hit that. I I hit that wall. You hit the hobby wall, huh? So yeah, it, and it was like about three days ago, and I've still got a lot of. I've got work to do. I've got like thirty six hours to finish off this last few bits of things, and I'm even switching over to the stuff I have. I'm behind. I'm just like, oh, well, this, this well it certainly must be attainable. No, yeah, no, it's attainable. I'm just going to be tired and cranky. Oh wow. Yep, that's the last thing you want is a cranky white tech. <laughs> I, I feel for you, but I'm sure you'll you'll pull through. Hey, you could use your airbrush and uh, help you uh, move it along. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, so now we're done painting, we're done playing. So, what do you do when you clean up? Because this is the part where you, I know you can't let it stay till later. Yeah, but at so, least in the beginning, this is the thing that always seems like it's going to be like this. Oh, this is the part that keeps people away. Uh, really? Is it? Is it the cleanup? Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, 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 it seems daunting to me, and I'm not the well, only you, one. But you, so we sat through the cleanup process, and it took all of probably five minutes. Well, yeah, because you had I mean, that's what I'm saying. You had a system there. I was like, uh, okay, yeah, that's exactly right. So, so once you get a system down, you know, you could you can mi- certainly mimic what I what I did. Oh, sure. Uh, you basically, clear your airbrush. Clear the reservoir and, and the, the the chamber of all paint. You know, you can dip it in water and run it underwater uh, in your aforementioned jar. Um, run water through it until nothing but until it's empty, basically. Um, and then disassemble it all the way. You know, take the the needle out, the, take the nozzle off. It's an important. It's important to make sure that your chamber is clear. That you run a brush or um, a needle through it so that you can see it. There's nothing blocked, or and nothing will be caked in there and, and dry, uh, dry in there when you when you let it sit. Same thing with the nozzle; uh, just just clean that out. And then I take those disassembled pieces and just put them into a nice little bag just for safekeeping, so they don't roll off the desk or whatever. And that's pretty much it. So uh, you don't put it back together though when you're done with it. You leave it disassembled until you're ready no, to use yeah, it. Yeah, I leave it disassembled because there's still moisture inside the airbrush itself. And I don't want it to, you know, whatever mo- little moisture and paint is in there to dry to the components themselves. Okay, so I, that I don't makes know sense. I just, a difference. I don't. I don't know either. I just. I didn't. I don't know if other people do that or not. Like I said, I don't know if that's a freaky Chris you thing. I'm not making fun. Right. I'm just saying I don't. You know, I have no idea. But when you did that, okay. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, keep all the. You know. Keep it apart, and then obviously when you got to get set up next time, you can pick it up. You know it's clean. You know it's been gone through. Right, exactly. Right. That's the key. It's got to be clean when you when you set it up again. Um, so yeah, once once, and I leave my stuff out in that the the, the airbrush station. So the compressor and the, the airbrush itself, all that stuff just just sits out, and, and I'm ready to go next time. And then uh, now, when you're going to change up paints, now your that that cup part on your airbrush doesn't you can't like switch up paint cups or anything like that so you every, no, every not, switch of colors you gotta wash out put in the new color yeah so what i'll do is i'll mix the paint in that dixie cup and if if i'm done with that color for now but i want to save it i'll pour that reservoir back into that dixie cup or or into the the paint whatever paint container i'm using because it's just watered down paint um so either way either one of those things and i'll you know pour it back in as as needed yeah, so are you going to get a second one? So that way if you got to go back and forth between colors, you're going to do the double airbrush like I, like I predicted? Uh, did you predict that? Oh, who Of who? Yourself? I just said it earlier in the show. You're going to be doing the checkers with you know, oh, two airbrushes, two uh, different colors. You know, maybe. I had never considered kind of double airbrushing. I suppose it could be done. Well, I mean, I, I've never been doing that. 
I'm just thinking if you're going back and forth between colors quickly, you know, and you're going to use that. I've I've seen that on like TV stuff, but that's like guys who are like you know, oh, like like those crazy guys painting those jackets. No, those are like fancy guys, like but still painting models and stuff. But they've got all the stuff because they you know oh. they're working with lots uh, of colors. They're like going through multiple airbrushes just keep because they're keeping them going. I was like, maybe. wow, yeah. I, I mean, if, if I mean that's like crazy assembly line style, but I suppose you could. That'd be impressive. I would be oh. impressed. I would be like, "Wow, Chris, you, you are <laughs> I, something." That's, I will strive to impress. How about that? I and I and I'm easily impressed. So it, it should work. <laughs> you know, nice. So, uh, anything so, else that you, you need, we need to cover airbrush wise? No, I think. Um, so make it, you 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 want to try to get a dedicated spot for it, or at least a place to put it, unless you're just going to commit to just tearing it all down and putting it all back away and putting it away wherever it goes every time you're done with it. You're going to want to have a space Which you could it. do. So sure. if I were to do that, it would probably add another five minutes. Uh, I'd probably get like a box or like a big plastic portable container and just shove all that stuff in there and close it and, and put it away. Really, it's just unplugging the compressor uh, and probably disconnecting the compressor from the airbrush itself, which is a couple twists of the knob. Um, that's uh-huh. pretty much it. Oh, so it's actually not that bad. So you get your you get your spot, you got your stuff set up. You make mm-hmm. sure everything's tarped if you're inside, right? And uh, then just kind of go nuts with it, you know, going from assembly lining stuff to getting really. So are, is, uh, how 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 fine can you, you know, how fine of a detail can you can you do with your airbrush? Me personally, yeah. or in principle, um, I know in principle. Like I said, I've seen those crazy videos with the people who. Are like airbrush maestros, and they're just you know right. I, I myself don't get too detailed. Uh, I could probably do like a, a nice highlight on a sword, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and that's probably about as far as currently as I'm willing to push it without the use of templates or, or anything like that. Um, anything finer than that, I would probably go back to my uh, Windsor Newton fine detail brush and, and and get in there really tightly. And this is what I struggled with when I first started airbrushing. So. When I was doing, um, you know, Infinity, can I say that? Um, those <laughs> super tiny infantry models, I felt okay. If I'm going to paint this with an airbrush, then every single thing has to be airbrushed. I'm going to, I'm going to do it right. But some of those areas are just so impossibly small that using an airbrush may not be practical. That said, and we talked about this a little bit when you were here, something that you can do for masking is silly putty. So. If you airbrush, let's say your your ultramarine that you airbrushed and got the highlights all blue, and you have it to where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. If you want to, I don't know, do one of the shoulder pads yellow, right, for a particular squad, but you don't want to ruin the airbrush that you've already done. Well, you can take some silly putty and basically put it around those areas that you want to preserve, and then go ahead and do your additional airbrush, and then peel that silly putty off. And now, I've heard of that, but I didn't think it was silly putty that I saw because I saw some where they were doing tanks and they were just sort of laying it down across in sort of like lumpy lines. And then uh, I think I saw that. Yeah. It could be any number of things, um, like Play-Doh silly putty type stuff, or play doh, maybe poster putty. Hmm. Uh, play doh actually might work. I think you want to get something that's not too sticky that will lift off the paint that you you already have. Right. Um, you could, if you wanted to. Spray spray it with a clear coat to kind of protect what you've already airbrushed, then move on to your masking and and that sort of thing. 
and it also prevents scratches, you know, from dropping it or hitting it with a, a brush or something. So, um, from your Eldar, can we start expecting diamond pattern stuff, fading color changes <laughs> with the stencils across the front ends now? Uh, maybe, maybe. I, I've thought about it. So. That would be pretty cool. I've, you, could, I've, yeah. you know, you see some of those things that are kind of they get a nice color shift, like you've been doing with that orc bomber. And then all of a sudden you've got over that and just uh, uh, this stark contrast color. It's pretty sharp stuff. I can't do it, yeah, but I cer- can see. Certainly can be done. A lot of templates out there, and uh, you can certainly paint in layers. So if you get your, uh, let's say, a, an armor plate, you have your nice gradation. Then you can get your your diamond uh, template and and put that right over on top of that gradation. And then the template itself, you can paint with gradations. You know what I mean? So you yeah. can start with a lighter color in the bottom, then end with a darker color at top. So there's all the stuff, sort of stuff that you can do. Um, it really just takes some, a little bit of forethought, planning, and uh, experimentation. The sky's the limit, really. Well, on that note, I think we've got it all. I think we do. Very good. Yeah, I would consider this sort of a beginner's... You know, intro to uh, to airbrushing. So, yeah, I mean, that's all I wanted. Someone to come on. Hey, this is the type of stuff you need. This is how easy it can actually be. You mm-hmm. should give it a shot. I mean, like I said, it's an investment, and I keep thinking about it. Saying, you know, I, I, that's one of the <laughs> one of the other reasons my wife's like, you're ever going to use that airbrush because we spent money on right. that thing. It's well, like, if the wife says you got to use it, hey, you got to use it. Well, I mean, she just saw it down here, and she's like, are you ever going to use that thing? We have all this airbrush equipment sitting here. I'm like, I'll get to it. Well, yeah, so, really, now you have no excuse. Yeah, now I'm going to. Now it's, I'm excited now. I'm right. excited about this. But, yeah, because oh, I'm already, like, thinking about it. Oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could try this. So, well, We, David, are looking forward to what you do with this marvelous new dog. <laughs> 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 well, I appreciate that. Uh, so I guess we'll wrap it up then. Uh, should we? Okay. All right, listen. Um Folks, uh, don't forget to check out uh, After Eleanor um, on the Free Buddhas Network. A lot of great shows on the Free Buddhas Network. Only place you can hear new episodes of After Eleanor. If you like it, leave them a nice iTunes review or leave us a nice iTunes review. That kind of thing because we like that sort of stuff. Remember to check out our Patreon page. Um, And before we go, we want to thank the sponsors, associate producers, Phil Elliott, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, and AJC. And the executive producer, Nick Neff Pleotis, folks, thank you all for uh, coming along on this one, talking about the airbrush. Um, I just thought it might be something interesting because I went and did this with Chris. You and I'm like, this is fun. You should come back on the show and talk to people about this. And Chris was nice <laughs> enough to say yes. So, Chris, well, thank you so the, much. The fans will, the fans will embrace me uh, coming back from the dead, so to speak. <laughs> We'll have you back uh, at least for a garage game, or we'll get you and me and Barnett, and, and maybe we can get Alex out here. We'll all play something and talk about that on Come a garage in. game. Where that might be bananas. That would be a lot That'd of fun. That would be great. All right, cool. Well, thanks again, Chris. I can't thank you enough for coming on. And, My pleasure. Uh, it was fun. Episode 209. Gee whiz. Okay. Wow. Man, do you remember? See, this is so fun. Honestly, this was a lot of fun because I remember when you were just – before you came on, when Christopher was still on – when you would just come on as a guest, it was all casual, and you were like, and you always had, oh, yeah. like, and it was casual, and, but you always had good stuff to impart. Like, you were always prepared and ready, and then you came on as the co-host, and those first few months, you were, like, freaking out, because suddenly it became, like, uh, I'm not just guesting. If, it, responsibility. Sucks, I, if yeah. it sucks, that's partly on me. And it just took you a while. A lot of pressure. To, it took you a while to get to that 
relax state again, and now you're back on. You're like, yep, I'm just here hanging out, helping out again. <laughs> and it works, man. It was fun. I had a good time. I, so. I did, too. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, looking forward to more games and uh, a lot of paint. Oh, I hope so. And, folks, uh, thank you once again for listening. And until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hand. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garagehammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at some kind of geek thirty. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com/slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community as well as the AOS community worldwide, you can comment on our episodes in the show thread at the Grand Alliance forums. That's TGA.community, or check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening.